Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, for good or ill, the releasing of characters' posters has been a thing for a while now. Studios and networks need social media content, and a detailed peek at a character's costume can be quite telling. However, Prime Video this week has taken that to a whole new level with the releasing of 23 characters' hands. (laughs) 23 posters. Yeah. Just hands, just hands. And so I think it's like, you know, the Silmarillion readers, they're holding different things, you know? So maybe the Silmarillion readers can like really throw out a bunch of hypotheses. I'm excited for that show. I think it's going to be really well put together. It's just obvious from these posters and the little teaser that they gave us that whoever's making it is obviously really excited about it. They're putting a lot of effort into it, and I like to see it. The bar is so high for them. And like, regardless of what they do, they're going to make a million people upset. But if they can just make you know a million and one people happy, that'll be a solid win. Well, what I'm worried about is that they're just going to throw a ton of money at it. And that's not the answer. No. It right? needs to be half the answer. Like for well, CGI, yeah, it's like a lot cool of the stuff, answer. But man, it's not all the answer by a long shot. Definitely. What have you been up to this week? I read a few pages of The Live Ship Trader and series by robin hobb and then a few pages of eye of the dragon from stephen king trying to figure out which one of those i wanted to really sink my teeth into and read that didn't help at all i want to read both equally as much so bad plan do you want my vote yes please just tell me what to do evan (laughs) (laughs) seriously just read the short one first because i mean live ship traders is going to take you a while it's really really good but you need to read eyes of the dragon you'll burn through it Okay. And then you can move on to, that's what I would do at least. Like if no, I was no, trying I'm to doing choose. What you're, I'm doing what you're telling me. I just need someone to tell me what to do sometimes. Cause they're both going to be so good. And I love sailing and like sailing fantasy so much. That's the only reason why I'm like, no, like holding on to it. Yeah. But done. Decision made. I have the dragon. Um, the other book, which is not fantasy that I read, it's a true story, but it was called The Marching Powder. Been working on it for a little while now. Finally finished it this week. It's the story of this guy. He is a drug smuggler. It's a true story. And he gets taken, he gets caught and taken to this prison in Bolivia, I believe in San Pedro. And it is the most unique prison I have ever even heard. It's like this little city. You can own, open up a restaurant. You have to rent your own cell or else you just sleep in like the common area. And it's crazy. That sounds really cool. When did it come out? Uh, it came out in 2003. It was written by Rusty Young. It was just an excellent story. Very interesting. And just a little window into how other countries' prisons work. And I was, I ate it up. It was very interesting. What have you been up to? I finished The Outsider by Stephen King. I read that really quickly. Yeah, you did. You just started that like three days ago. Yeah, it was okay. It was uh, not my favorite Stephen King. I mean, I liked it a lot. I liked it enough to finish it in three days. I guess it, it turned out to be more of kind of like a cop drama than I thought it was going to be. I think from what I had heard of about the book, I, th- I just thought it was going to be this whole different thing. And it just didn't really feel like a Stephen King book. It felt like kind of just like a hard-boiled detective novel, which I'm not opposed to reading at all. Though If I did take one thing away from it, this was it. And it was really interesting. This detective is really reluctant to accept the supernatural because it would change his whole way of looking at the entire world. And he's like not ready for it. You know, he kept repeating, there's no end to the universe. He kept thinking that to himself. You know, it's just like, if if you do see one thing that changes your whole perception of reality, there's no going back. Right. That was probably the coolest part. And there's a character in The Outsider named Holly Gibney, who is a character in the Bill Hodges trilogy. 
like Mr. Mercedes and Finders Keepers and End of Watch. I don't know, a few of my fans on TikTok told me I needed to read Bill Hodges before I read The Outsider, and I was just like, nah, I don't need to read that. I'll just... <laughs> I'm so super smart. I know, I know. I should have listened to them. but uh, And I think that probably would have, it would have made a lot of different parts of The Outsider more exciting. So uh, if anyone's listening and they do want to read The Outsider, I would suggest maybe reading the Bill, the Bill Hodges trilogy first and then going on to that. But I'm just not a really big fan of like, cop dramas and yeah you know crime and i don't know it's, it, it is intriguing i guess to a point but i guess i'd rather like watch a documentary or something or it's weird reading modern books that are set in the modern day it's weird sometimes when someone's like he grabbed his ipad mini <laughs> and checked huffington post and it's just like nope this isn't right i shouldn't be here kind with... of cheapens the story almost you're like well, what? well what's funny is like when you go back and read stuff that was written in the 70s or 80s or 90s or whatever they are talking about stuff that is current events but to me reading it in 2022 i don't feel that way i'm like ooh, this is cool i'm getting a sense of what it was like right. to be in the 80s but i bet people in the 80s kind of felt the same way where they were just like i'm trying to escape and you're talking about pac-man <laughs> it was just kind of weird to read but yeah. i would still i would still recommend it just like i would pretty much recommend any stephen king because i'm just a huge stephen king fanboy i really respect your ability to not be such a fan because you're obviously such a fanboy. You love Stephen King, but I love. I really respect the fact that you don't just like blanket statement. All his books are the best. You'll be like, eh, this one wasn't so great. It's like that's really refreshing because a lot of people out there are like you're like, dude, this was clearly not his best piece of work, and they're like, well, argue till the day that they're dead, but they right. know also that it wasn't, you know. And so you uh, you stay very objective about that. I don't know. He's got so many books out, right? I mean, he's 60 something. I mean, I don't think any of them are objectively bad, but some of them are just not going to be up my alley. I mean, I was mm -hmm. like that with um, like Dreamcatcher. I had a hard time with Dreamcatcher. It's like the one I've read. <laughs> yeah, that's a really weird book. It's so weird. It's just really uneven and just like toilet aliens are not my thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's I've talked to I've talked to some people that absolutely love it. They love Dreamcatcher. They think it's like a one really of cool his concepts. Best. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I'm also still tackling. I'm tackling uh, the last book in the Lycanius trilogy too. Yeah, same. I, it's we're back to the, the ta uh, tackling is a good choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to the the first couple hundred pages of a really <sighs> big giant book, and we're collecting our breath from the end of the second one. And I am swinging away at this at this rock, just chipping, getting mining for gold. We picked a hell of a trilogy to start the recaps with we did but i think it's good i think it's really i think it's really good because it's getting us kind of used to the rhythm of recapping yeah. and talking about stuff you do have to kind of look at the lycanius tri trilogy with a pretty critical eye actually like you really mm -hmm. have to think about a lot of the stuff that eilington is you can't float through it like we thought we were going to be able to no not at all but that's taking up a little bit of my time because i i really am along with reading it i'm taking notes too and I usually don't do that when I read. I usually just read the book. And then if I'm mm -hmm. going to make a review, I just kind of talk about how I felt about it. But with Lycanius, I'm stopping at the end of every chapter and writing notes into my phone. And so you really got to, you know, I've had to like flip back and make sure I've got terms right and stuff. So it's taking a while. Yeah. It's like you're not just reading something, you're studying something. I'll do the yeah. same thing when I'm reading through it. I'll have like a couple different sections in my notes. Um, talk to text really helps for the, that, by the way. So you're not like typing a bunch, you know, you can just kind of like grab your phone and hold it up and just be like, I found this very interesting when, and then you can kind of talk it out. It's much quicker. Um, 
So that helped me out a bunch. But yeah, I have a couple different sections and then I'll be like, okay, just a recap kind of like you are of each chapter and then just like interesting notices as well. And I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that, you know, I didn't really get what he meant by that. So I'm going to ask Evan about it. That's a good conversation topic and just really studying it, like you said, in order to get it. It's funny. I burn through books pretty quickly most of the time. Like I kind of, you know, I can, I can finish a three or 400 page book in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to look at my, my nightstand where I keep all my current reads and I'm just cycling books out except for these giant doorstopper <laughs> epic fantasy books that are Same. just, and they're just staring at me too. So it's like, I'm reading uh, station 11 right now by Emily St. John Mandel, which is really good by the way highly recommend station 11 but station 11 it's going on the wish list yeah it's really really good but i'm reading that right now and it's like pretty short and i just finished a book and reading sapiens and kind of i'm getting through that one too right now and this this 815 page book it's just it's just like come on evan i'm it's like telling me in like an australian accent like james eilington's accent like oi (laughs) you gotta read me that's a terrible australian (laughs) that's pretty good was it all right i was fine (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> if you're listening from Australia, I'm I'm heaps bad. Like that's Australia. a book. No, this is a book. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. Like that's what I feel like. James Islington did. He's just like, oh, I've got a book for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my god, I'm so sorry to all our listeners in Australia. I, that's actually in in that book sapiens that i was reading it kind of explains why everything in australia wants to murder you this is terrifying yeah yeah because it's just like uh, that island hadn't been touched for so long everything had like this like a, an opportunity to to grow in its own kind of environment yeah it kind of maximize its own abilities yeah so everything on that island was like uh, evolved like completely differently than everything else on the other land masses mm. you know and so by the time we got there we were just like oh my god like everything here is terrifying <laughs> dude like there's spiders and stuff i mean i am not a spider guy i very much dislike spiders they don't and, freak me uh, out that much really oh man like yeah. snakes no problem i can pick up a snake not a problem but like man spiders like those oh, those big ones and like even little ones i don't not into that not really into that at all no. i think spiders are kind of cute oh what yeah wow no there are there are cute there are cute friends they keep they keep other bugs and stuff out of the house like i don't kill spiders when i see them in my house i I like scoop them up you know i put them outside good for you i'm proud but man i can't not not my thing not my thing is it the legs i think so i I thought about it a bunch because like why do they i think it's the legs i think it's like those creepy little legs you know and those like little uh the little their little mouthpieces that kind of rub together. I don't know. Yeah, a friend of the, a friend of mine growing up had a uh, had a tarantula. Oh, see, like if my kids or something, if I ever have kids, uh, and they wanted to have a tarantula, like nope, that'd be an instantly not allowed thing in the chat house. But it would be like exposure therapy. Uh, yeah, no, and I'm super into facing my fears, but not that one. Just not that one. Yeah, not that one. I'll go heights. I'll swim in the ocean where I can't see the bottom. No problem. That's terrifying. Just that maw coming up beneath you. But like, you know, no, no, no. Not spiders. I don't need to. I don't need to talk to that one. I'm okay with that one just being forever a thing. That's one thing I don't like. I don't like the. I don't like swimming in in big bodies of water. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I can't stand it. It's so weird. Like I remember last time I went camping, everybody wanted to go swim in the lake, and I I kind of like dipped out of the boat for a second and like swam around the lake, and I was just like, this is not okay. I don't like thinking about like in all likelihood, like I mean, lakes in Oregon at least, like they were just dumping villages that they would just <laughs> flood they didn't care and there's there's probably like houses and like skeletons and stuff down there it's creepy i don't like probably it. i don't uh, i don't have a problem with lakes lakes aren't lakes don't scare me but uh the ocean the ocean scares me the ocean should scare you yeah but like the lakes you know it's like even if like a couple hundred foot deep lake like 
there's no way something that's big enough to swallow me whole could survive in that thing. You know, I think every person should try to see the ocean at least once every year, at least every five years. Cause it's just, there's like some really healthy things that go through brain. When you look at it, you look, it's like looking at a really, really clear night sky. You're just like, I am nothing. Like I yeah. am so minuscule. Like there's so much more that we don't know. And like, I don't know. Cause you kind of get in this, you're like in this, in a city or something, you're just like, everything's been discovered we know it all you know you kind of get a little jaded sometimes and it's like man go look at the ocean tell me that when you're looking out at that thing i get that feeling when i'm reading science fiction a lot of the time that's why Mm. i kind of space out my science fiction because it a lot of it tends to make me feel like really uh insignificant and minuscule just like the breadth of the universe and you know you've got ships that are that are traveling at light speed and it still takes them like 20 years to get anywhere you know Mm -hmm. There's a really cool part in a book called The Restaurant at the End of the Universe by Douglas Adams. It's this, I think it's a sequel to Hitchhiker's Guide. There's a punishment that they dole out to like the worst offenders. They put you in this room and it shows you how big you are compared to the rest of the universe as like a <laughs> form of torture. What? Weird. Yeah, I know. That's such a cool part of, like, of that book. Yeah, if, if you haven't read um, anything past Hitchhiker's Guide, the, the next no, few after it, get they're pretty cool. Like, the Hitchhiker's Guide books are kind of weird because like the, the ideas stay really, really, really strong, but the story's kind of weird. But like that part, even reading about it made me feel really small. You know, one of my uh, favorite forms of favorite i don't know favorite but one of the most interesting forms of space torture um that i've come across is in the expanse where they take the belter who you know they've been they've grown up with no gravity all their lives or very little gravity and so their bones are not nearly as dense and their musculature isn't nearly as defined and developed and so just as a way to torture this guy they're trying to get information out of him they bring him to earth and they just make him stand they just like put him like standing up up against a wall you know because he's not used to the gravity and so he's just like constantly under pain and i was listening to an interview with a physicist and here some space guy and he was saying that that show out of all space content out there is like that show and that those books get it right or at least as as close as as anyone else ever has and he was talking about that scene in particular and he was like that's exactly how it would be i'm really excited to read the expanse i feel bad because i've been talking it up and we've been talking it up and we're probably not going to get to it till the end of this year i know it's okay the hype is real uh, let's head over to our fictional fun fact. What do you say, Chad? I am so excited to do that because you told me you always have the best ones, man. I'm so stoked. You told me you got a great one earlier and that you weren't even going to tell me what it was. And so I'm, I'm interested. Hit me. The fictional fun fact for this week is Brian Jocks, author of the Redwall series, was originally a milkman that volunteered to read to blind students along his route. Dissatisfied with the selection of children's books available, he decided to write his own and became a best-selling author. Wow. Yeah. That's a great one. I love Brian Jacques, too. And that makes, well, I don't know if this makes sense, but I'm going to say that it makes sense. His food writing is amazing. You know, he's like, like Brandon Sanderson is to magic systems what he is to feasts. Brian Jacques' writing is really vivid. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, oh man, I love those books. I mean, we should we should pick one of those. Maybe we should just like do a Martin the Warrior. I would read Martin the Warrior. I haven't. That's that's one of the ones I haven't read actually. Really? Yeah, I've, I've read, read uh, I've read Redwall and Mossflower, Pearls of Lutra, The Bellmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, read, like you know, I've read a few yeah. of them. Um, but yeah, we could we could do that. That'd be fun. That would be really fun. And I haven't read one of those books in so long. They're really long books. They are, especially for like a young adult. You know, right. like a thirteen-year-old's gonna read like this six-hundred-page book about badgers. <laughs> but you know, what's a really awesome book is uh, "The Builders" by Daniel Polanski. You ever heard of that? Builders. 
sounds very familiar. I think I might have mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but it's like Redwall and Joe Abercrombie mixed together. You did mention it. Uh-huh. It's so cool. I hope there's a sequel coming out for that. In fact, I think I added it to my wish list. Yep, yep, it is. Okay, I just looked up the thing, and there's like this picture of this badger holding a sword. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah, I just thought that was really, really interesting because I, I, I mean, like Brian Jocks, I've never really done any research on him before. I always figured he was just kind of like this mysterious guy that just wrote all these mouse-ish, <laughs> like, <laughs> like wild animal fantasy books but apparently before he even started writing them he was just a really stand-up guy wow he's just like reading to blind kids he's like this sucks i am writing them right. something better like these, these kids aren't even paying attention i'm gonna write something that they'll they'll really sink their teeth into and you know maybe that's one of the reasons why his visuals are so incredibly good it was because he wrote them for blind people and so he was like what if they don't know what a badger looks like well i'm gonna really explain it to right them. so maybe that yeah. kind of helped the vividness of his um of his books yeah, they're really immersive. Absolutely. They really are. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today here on the Monday Morning Minute. Kind of danced around a bunch of different subjects, but you know what? I think that's totally cool for these kinds of episodes because we're just getting everybody's morning commute going. Just we're all hanging out here. It's the Manic Minute, man. We, we, we get to talk about whatever we want. It's fun. I like that. Right. The other episodes are so focused. Yeah. We just here. We can go crazy. We talk about naked bike rides one week, like whatever. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us, for being here, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Book Reviews Kill. Please subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the description below, and the Discord is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's uh, I have met so many cool people and have so many awesome conversations every day now. I I really enjoy going in there. So please, uh, the link in that will be the link to that will also be in the description. So feel free to hop on in and say hello. Hope you have a really awesome day and a really great rest of your week, everybody. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Everybody.